Good morning, everybody. It's great to see everyone here. And the good news is it didn't rain. And you know what? Just a, a couple weeks ago, we thought it was going to be great. And then we looked at the uh, weather, said 50% chance of rain. We've been praying, and now there's 5% chance of rain. So just pray that 5% goes away. All right, we're so glad you're all here this morning. We're going to be looking at Acts 15. If you uh, want to stand up during the message, that's fine. But that green chair right there is empty. That's mine. So somebody can sit right there if they want to. Uh, we're going to let you know that God's answering prayers all over the place. And we're seeing people getting healed. And we've had, we've had two people in our church, we just found out in the last week, that have uh, got COVID. Uh, and so... We're going to take a moment and pray, and we're going to believe God's going to keep this church protected, and uh, it's not serious matter with them. They're they're uh, healing up just fine. They're probably enjoying the quarantine, but uh, we're going to pray. And then I want to pray for uh, Sakong Prom. He's been having some problems with his liver, so let would you just lift up your hands and pray with me on behalf of them, folks? Uh, we believe God's going to answer our prayer. So Lord, we thank you that we come to you in the name of Jesus. We come to you in, in power and in might and in faith. And we ask you now, Lord, to touch uh, these people who have had uh, COVID-19. We thank you, God. You are the God who abolishes it, who obliterates it from bodies. And we pray healing over them, but also every person that, that's been fighting this virus throughout our nation. We pray it'll be obliterated. Uh, the economy will, will be restored. People will go back to work, and we will see miracles over the next several months that will be amazing, that even the rest of the world will be astounded at God's intervention in this place. Lord, we lift up Sakong Prom to you right now. We pray, Lord, that you will touch his liver. Whatever's going on, we ask you to rectify it and touch him in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord. You are his healer in Jesus name. Amen. Okay. We've been in a series called God of the Darkness. And uh, how many know we've been going through some dark times as a nation, even as a state, and even in the harbor at times, especially in the area of the economy. And uh, we've talked about hope in the darkness, treasures in the darkness. And today, I want to talk to you about how to worship your way out of your darkness. Now, let me give you a little background on this story this morning uh, from Acts chapter 16. First of all, Paul and Silas have been called to be missionaries to the Gentiles. People are getting saved. People are getting filled with the Holy Spirit. People are getting baptized in water. Miracles are happening all over the place. It was an exciting time for these guys because the call of God uh, was coming to pass over their lives and the gospel has now made it through their uh, commission all the way into the continent of Europe. Big gatherings are happening, kind of like today. I think this is a great gathering. I'm so proud of you guys for showing up. And uh, so there's a big buzz in the city. Some are also, uh, because of the, the move of God, there's a, a stir going on among some of the business leaders and city magistrates because they feel threatened 
by the growing popularity of the church. Now, Paul and Silas's ministry is exploding, but there's this one particular woman, kind of like COVID-19. She's following him around. She's contradicting everything Paul says. She mocks him. She is a constant annoyance, and he's trying, as, as he's trying to preach the gospel. How many know the devil will do anything to get the gospel to try to stop being preached? And so uh, maybe something's been following you around today. Maybe it's been for several weeks and several months. Uh, it's made me not a person, but maybe it's a voice inside your head, or maybe it's circumstances. But I can tell you this, if that's the case, it's, a, it's an assignment from the enemy, and all you have to do is call on the name of Jesus, and he will deliver you. So what happens is one day, Paul gets so sick of this annoyance and of this woman rebuking him and, and all that kind of stuff. He turns to her and says, in the name of Jesus, I command you to stop it. The demonic stronghold is broken off of her life. She loses the ability to produce income for her masters. Now, how many know when your money gets touched, you can get a little annoyed? So when the economy of Philippi is threatened by the mission of Paul and Silas, uh, they put them in prison, but not before they beat them and did several other things. Okay, with all that in mind, let's lift up our Bibles, smartphones, iPads, whatever you have your Bible on, and let's make our prayer declaration together. Say this with me. This is my Bible, God's holy word. This book is alive and it's powerful. I read other books, but this is the only book that reads me. There are many opinions, but this is the only opinion that counts. Today, I declare by faith, I can do all it says I can do. I can be all it says I can be, and I can have all it says I can have. Today, I ask the Lord Jesus, the living word, to take his written word and personalize it from my life so I can leave here changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Acts chapter 16. This is what it says in verse 23. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. That's his only assignment. Just take them down to the inner cell, uh, fasten their feet, and make sure that they don't get away. So these guys are beaten with whips, bruised with rods and sticks, thrown in prison, and have their feet fastened in stocks. And remember, I think it's so important for us to remember this, they had no morphine to deaden their pain. And hopefully, what is going through your mind and what is going through my mind when I read this is, you know what? Things don't seem that bad. Things are a lot better than I thought they were. I mean, these guys are serving God with great ministry momentum, and here comes the counterattack. And we need to remember this. Just because God is for you doesn't mean he won't allow anything to come against you. In fact, it almost guarantees it will. Truth is, the greater the anointing, the greater the attack. And I want you to know this, the proof of the power of the presence of God is not in the absence of attack, 
but in the ability of the believer to stand up under the attack. Let me say that again. The proof of the power of the presence of God is not in the absence of an attack, but in the ability of the believers to stand up under the attack. And I want you to know, thank you. I've been waiting for some horn hawking, some lights flashing. All right, now we're getting into it. I do much better when the crowd gets into it. So here's the question. How are you standing up under the attack these days? Look at these first two words in verse 25 about midnight. Now midnight represents darkness and the darkness in this case represents confusion and a loss of momentum. Have you ever been in a confused place where you are doing what you think God wants you to do, but now you've lost momentum and you can't get any clarity on the situation? Let me just say this, for far too long, including myself, we have made the church about a building and a gathering place where we can all come together when the truth is momentum is wherever you're at with Jesus. Come on. But maybe you've lost some momentum and you've lost some clarity on your situation. That's darkness at midnight. You're giving your best to your kids and trying to raise them up to discover God's purpose for their lives. But it looks like they're going a different way. That's darkness at midnight. Have you ever been in a situation where you're surrounded by people, but you're still lonely? You laugh while everyone is around you, but when you get by yourself, you wonder, will anyone just love me for me? That, that they'll love me for the real me, not for the one that, uh, or the image I present. And if you feel that way today, that's darkness at midnight. Have you ever been stuck in a place where nothing seems to change. That's darkness at midnight. So here they are in prison, but a prison of darkness, a prison. I want you to get this picture. It's damp, it's dirty, it stinks. There's sewage all over the place. There are rats running around in there. Their blood is dripping down their backs and running down their legs. And I know one thing, in darkness, Everything feels different and everything sounds different. How many have ever had darkness jitters and darkness weirdness? You know, when you, you go to bed, you, you hear the sound of the refrigerator and you think it's something else. Well, that's just called night noise in many cases. But these guys didn't hear the sound of the refrigerator. They heard the pitter-patter of rats running around their place. I, I, I remember a story about my brother camping with some horses and he took a friend with him and they were in this tent. And my brother knew that the rats would come in out in the wilderness uh, at night. So he bundled himself up really tight, put his head under there and make sure he was bundled in. But his friend, he didn't tell him about the rats. And so they also had a stove in this tent, so it got warm. So the rats would come inside the tent at night. And the guy woke up screaming because the rats were nibbling on his feet that he had left outside his sleeping bag. I'm telling you, that's what it was like for Paul and Silas. There's no comfortable place to sleep because of the pain. So what did they do? Look at verse 25 again. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. 
They don't just start singing songs off the radio like the Beach Boys, the Beatles. All these young people are like, who's that? What's, what's that? Okay, let me get one for you then. How about uh, there's, a, there's a new song out called Memories by Macaroon 5. Does anybody know who that is? It, it's not Macaroon, I'm sorry. Maroon, Maroon 5. That, okay, just so you know. All right, yeah, that's right. It's the Macaroon Maroon 5, all right? And they're singing memories. And what they do is they talk about, if I could just have the memory back, it brings you back kind of thing. And uh, so these guys, though, they start worshiping God from what is in their hearts. Now, by the way, this is not on your notes, but a simple definition of worship is this. So you might want to type this in or write it down somewhere. Worship is an inward attitude of the heart that has found the freedom of expression outwardly. And worship, we worship a lot of things. And people say, well, I just don't worship. I don't express my worship. Yes, you do. If you love your car, you'll express your worship. You'll wash your car. You'll wax your car. I look on Facebook and I see these cars. I just washed my car. That's an expression of worship. Same thing with your house. You love your house. You vacuum your house. You dust your house. You'll, you'll do all. That's an expression of worship. But when you love God and you worship God, the Bible tells us you do it vocally. You use your voice. You express your, your heart to him. It says you do it physically. You raise your hands. You clap. You even do a little jig here and there. I don't do much of that anymore. But anyway, so and then here's the third way you express your worship financially. And right now, I just want you to know, our church is hanging in there, but we're not getting a way above. And I just want you guys to know, if you worship God, you'll do it vocally, physically, and financially. You express your worship to God out of gratefulness. Now, Lois told me, she saw a sticker the other day where, where President Trump uses, make America great again. And she saw a sticker that said, make America grateful again and that's what we need to be <clears throat> so let me give you three keys for worshiping your way out of the darkness we just read in verse 25 they prayed and they sang to god now i get the praying part i mean all of us know when you get in trouble you can certainly do this help that's a prayer and they probably were saying, God, help us. Let, us. let us see and understand what's going on in this situation. But the question I have this morning is, I, I don't get the singing part. I want to know, how did they do it? And here's the answer. You can write it down. If you want to worship your way out of darkness, they had the songs memorized. How did they sing with no lights, no lyrics on the screen, no iPhones or iPads, no worship leader, with no certainty on what, uh, what happened to their lives in the morning. What makes the darkness difference? It is because of what you have memorized. I want you to get this this morning. What you have memorized. If you memorize the melody on Sundays and in your car Monday through Saturday, when you hit the darkness, it'll come out of your heart what you have memorized. Growing up, we, I did not miss church, and I'm sure we wouldn't have missed it if we had 
online church. We would have been there because my parents loved God and loved to worship God above everything else. My dad played the mandolin. He beat that thing like there was no tomorrow. He would just go crazy on that mandolin. And from the time I was six years old, we were in church every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night, and every Sunday night. So I, I lost my notes there for a moment, but they're back. Okay. So uh, we, we were there so much that I memorized. Any of you that grew up in church, how many remember the book called Melodies of Praise? Well, okay. Few, yeah. All right. Thank you. Well, I had all those pages memorized. Even I was just the other day sitting down, and I was talking to Bill Sizemore, who grew up in a church like mine. And we started saying, uh, do you remember the Melodies of Praise book? And he said, yeah. I said, page one, all hail the, the name of Jesus. Page 33, the old rugged cross. Page uh, 16, camping in Canaan's land. Page 111, at Calvary. Page 269, springs of living water. Page 272, amazing grace. 60 years later, I still have those pages and the names of those songs in my memory. Now, it wasn't because I wanted them there. It was because my parents beat it into us so much that they all came back. And now, guess what? When I'm going down the road in my car, I'll start singing songs. Now, some of you have memories that are a mess. And I really believe this is what God wants to deal with today. Because you need to remember the right things. So this week, I called my daughters. I asked both my daughters, what is your worst memory of your dad growing up? I really wanted to turn it towards Lois, but I didn't think that would be fair. So, and here's the thing that amazed me. My daughters are 43 and 41. And each of them immediately came up with a memory in detail of me passionately being upset. Do you want to, do you want to hear what it is? If you want to hear what it is, honk your horn. <laughs> you don't have to be so enthusiastic about it, my goodness. Well, they each had a, a memory memorized. And uh, Jamie said, Dad, I remember you getting so upset that you came running out of my bedroom, or out of your bedroom, going down the stairs in your tidy whities with your nostrils flared and your teeth grit. I don't remember anything you said. Just the sight of that was enough to just freak me out. She said, I don't remember anything you said. I don't remember if her voice was loud. All I know is I had that memory. Then Jill said this immediately. She started laughing and she said, oh yeah, I remember the donut. I said, the donut? She said, yeah, a donut you had saved on the counter. A chocolate donut that was apparently for you, but I didn't know it. I got up that morning and saw the chocolate donut and I ate it. And then she told me it was only a half a donut, dad. And when you saw that the donut was gone, your nostrils flared, <laughs> your teeth gritted. And I said, Jill, how can you remember that? You were only six. To which Jill said, no, I wasn't six. I was 11. 
I said, still, that's 30 years ago, but how, how do you know you were 11? And this is what she said to me. I have it written in my journal. And I just read it again the other day. I said, Jill, you need healing in your memories. Now, I say that to all of you because some of you need to re-remember God's goodness on your life over the last four months, over the last number of years. You've gotten through the COVID things this far. Some of you need to re-remember God's goodness on your life for many years where God has, has been so good to you. I mean, you've been through some valleys, but you didn't die there. You, you lost some income, but you had enough money for gas to get you here today. And some people have let you uh, down, but God's been standing by your side all along. He's here with you, all right? Now, I was thinking, what if we had no daylight here today and it was all dark? So just close your eyes for a moment. If that doesn't work, just pull your mask over your head. If the lights went out, you might get excited because you might think Pastor Doug won't be able to finish his sermon. Not true. I have an iPad here that has an internal battery that's not affected by the outside circumstances, and it's got all my notes right on it. Now, not all in my head completely, but close. So today, I want you to know this. I don't have, always have to see God's goodness in my life to believe God's goodness in my life because I haven't memorized. This is how you and I can worship in the dark times because we have his goodness memorized in our hearts and our lives. Psalms 105 says this. You should have the scripture memorized in your life. Psalm 105 says this. If you know it, say it with me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So some of you need to know you need to forget your failures and rem remember his goodness on your life. Forget your frustrations and remember God is faithful. Forget the burden and remember the blessings. Who forgives, it goes on to say, who forgives all your iniquities and who heals all your what? Diseases. Some of you need to remember, our God forgives all our sins that we did in the dark days, dark times, and he showed up and he became the God of forgiveness in the night. He heals our life from destruction, who redeems our life from destruction, who crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies our mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, like I said, I don't have to feel love, hope, and faith to know they are real. I know it by heart. Now, so they started singing hymns because they knew them by heart. And if you don't know or you don't practice them every day of the week, you won't be able to worship in the dark. You won't be able to come to the parking lot because and sing because there's no screen. And maybe you don't have it on your phone. I don't know, but the word should be there on your phone today. But I could see them with the blood <clears throat> streaming down their backs, running down their legs, and singing something like, how about nothing, nothing like you did? Oh, okay. And singing something like this. Great 
is your faithfulness. Oh God of the heavens. So let me just say this. Close your eyes. And I've asked the worship team to come up and sing this song with me this morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Now changes not thy compassions. like we mean it. Pretend today you're in that prison, but nothing's going to stop God's faithfulness on your life.
I'm telling you, sometimes when the darkness hits your life, you just got to worship God with the memories that are in your heart. And hopefully, over the last number of years, you've gotten some worship in your life to where you find that you can call out to God going down the road, in your car, in your bedroom, wherever you're at, and sing out worship songs to the Lord. When you really have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't need to see it. You have it in your heart. You have it memorized. Psalm 34, 1 through 4 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord, uh, and the humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. In other words, make God big in your life and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Do not fear COVID. Do not fear the economy. Do not fear that the church won't come back. I'm telling you, God is greater than our situations. But you got to know it. You got to know it by heart. If God is for me, who can be against me? Romans 8, 31. You got to know it by heart. Can I just say this today? Stop memorizing your pain and start memorizing God's power over your life. Stop memorizing the prison and remember the purpose of the prison. We need to develop miracle memory in our spiritual lives. So these guys, they're singing, they're praying, and guess what? Verse 26, suddenly, I love suddenlies in the Bible. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Come on. And that's the miracle that we want to talk about at midnight. We want to see doors open, which represent an escape. We want to see chains come loose, which represent freedom. And then what? I mean, God answered my prayer, and now I'm out of there. Not Paul. I don't know if you guys ever had somebody like this in school. <clears throat> we had a guy all the way from first grade through sixth grade. In every class, when the teacher forgot to ask for your homework, this guy would raise his hand. And we were like, it's almost done, the day's over. And he would go, Mrs. Davis, Mrs. Birch, aren't you gonna ask for our homework? I did mine. And all of the rest of us are like, Eddie, wait till after school kind of thing, you know? Well, Paul was that guy, look at verse 27. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Because every jailer knows when prison doors open and chains come off, people escape. But apparently, Paul was a better preacher than he was a prison breaker. See, this is a little anticlimactic, but let me just say this. We always preach the miracle happened at midnight, but the miracle is what happened after midnight. It was what Paul and Silas had put in their hearts before the darkness came that gave them the hymn to sing when the darkness hit. It was the way they went through the midnight darkness that gave them the validity of their message to share after midnight. 
the way you and I go through our trials, the way we go through our dark seasons, the way we go through our confusing times and times and the testing of our faith. Paul did this in verse 28. But Paul shouted, just like Eddie, don't harm yourself. And notice what he says. We, we are all here. Not Pastor Doug, not Pastor Lois, not the worship team. We are all here. Come on. Here's the second key to getting your, to, to worship your way out of darkness. Your worship in the darkness doesn't always mean a way out, but it often means a way to get the gospel in. Come on. Let me say it again. Your worship in the darkness doesn't always mean a way out, but it can mean a way to get the gospel in. Paul didn't see an open prison door. He saw an open door for the gospel. That's how I want you to look at our circumstances. This is an open door time for the gospel. You need to know today, God wants to bring open doors and open opportunities into your life and my life to share the gospel for people who are full of fear and they're scared for their lives, scared for their future, but you have the answer to every person's dilemma. God didn't bring this time to make it easy for us. He didn't bring it to give us a way of escape. He allowed this time for you and I to have an open door to share the good news of Jesus Christ in a dark world. Look at the rest of these verses. Verse 29, the jailer called for lights. So you know it was dark because the jailer had to get a light to find out where Paul and Silas were even at. He rushed in and this is what he did. He found them and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and he asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, here's a key for everybody. If you're looking and you find someone in the darkness, just say these words, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. Come on. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. Now here's where many of us get confused and we don't know what to call this time of day. Is it nighttime? Or is it daytime? I remember every few years, uh, every New Year's as a kid, starting when I was about eight till all the way through my teenage years. On New Year's Day, you, when it hit midnight, we were allowed to call our grandma because she would stay up till three or four in the morning. So we would call grandma and we would say, Happy New Year's. And she would say, Happy New Year's back. And then she'd say, Have a great day. In other words, it's not night anymore, it's daytime. And I just want you to know in a moment, in a moment when the clock strikes midnight, the next second goes to morning. How many know there's darkness in the morning? That's why we don't wanna get up till seven o'clock or six o'clock or maybe some. How many got up at five this morning? I don't like you, okay. Sometimes the way to worship out of darkness, and here's the last key, to worship your way out of darkness, it's all the way you see your situation. See, the miracle is not that you made, through, made it through midnight. The, made, the miracle is how you made it through your midnight. Their worship changed everything for them. Their fellow prisoners and the jailer and his family. We need to stop seeing, I want you to hear this, 
We need to stop seeing survival as success and start maximizing the opportunities of our worship to give, to give us, uh, or to, give, to, to make God look good. Uh, let me say that again, because I didn't say it very well. Stop seeing your survival as success and start maximizing your opportunities to worship to make God look good, okay? <clears throat> you and I need to see this time that I didn't just make it through COVID-19. I didn't just make it through the racism issues, but let me say this, I let God make something of this time through my life. Look at the rest of these verses. At that hour of the night, whether it's midnight, the night before, or now it's morning, at that night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, then immediately he and all his household were baptized. I want more baptisms. We can do it privately at the church. Come on. The jailer thought, or the jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. There's nothing like it, you guys. So this darkness may be God's greatest days in the church. This darkness may be God's greatest days in our lives. Momentum has not been lost. These are amazing days for the church as we pray, as we worship. I, I can tell you this right now. If you came with chains on today, God wants to break them off right now. If you came in with prison doors on your life, God wants to open them and shake them loose in the name of Jesus. We all know this. We've heard this verse before. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning, even if it's still dark because it's just after midnight. Come on. All right. We're going to worship. We're going to just take a few moments now. Let's worship him. Worship him with all your heart. Lift your hands. Get into it with all your heart and let God know how much you love him and worship your way out of your darkness this morning. Let's worship him. 